Okay. I'm going to have a um, better start to this okay, when I've worked sure. it out. Don't worry about that. You figure it out. <laughs> All right. Today we have Anula. Anula, say hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds weird saying that. <laughs> it's just us. It's just us. It's just us and squeaky chairs. But anyhow, we're going to talk um, about a couple of things. We've got two subjects at the moment, but we'll see where it goes. Yes. <laughs> so tell me about your first subject. Um, so my first subject is about proving a point without being arrogant, which um, you know very well is very difficult for me. <laughs> um, I love this one. <laughs> well, there's a difference between arrogance and confidence. So. Yes, but the problem is what is that difference? Because... Although I I am very confident in some of my abilities, well, most of my abilities. Yeah, be honest. <laughs> Although I'm very confident in myself, like that confidence I know to people that don't know me and haven't worked with me or done anything with me can come off as very arrogant because they're probably sitting here going, what does this little blonde thing think that she knows? <laughs> So, um, yeah, so I, I need some advice on that, especially what, starting a new job. What makes you think they think you're arrogant? Maybe overconfidence. Overconfident? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, well, and then maybe that's it. Maybe it's overconfidence because arrogant, sometimes shy people, people think are arrogant because they don't give them any time of day. Mm. And, and actually, I think that's what it comes down to is empathy right because if you think of it from the other person's point of view the way you pitch it will be different because a lot of um, millennials come across as arrogant and overconfident like that's that's something I I learned in, in a few roles that I have with millennials working they would just make decisions they shouldn't make is what I was finding it took me a while to realize why are they doing that because they think they can, because they think they know, because they don't, they have the knowledge, but not the experience. So they don't have the context. The context is always sort of missing a bit, but they have not interested in that. They know the knowledge, so they're just gonna tell you, you know, I had someone send a text message that was gonna go out to all these students, and it was supposed to go out at nine o'clock. <laughs> he made the decision to make it nine ten, just in case. That, what made you think you could make that decision? <laughs> and why nine ten? <laughs> well, anyhow, What's that ten minute was, difference? Didn't you know? He was just thinking about what he thought should be right, but didn't think he had to check with anyone. But so you get you get that a lot in the workplace because you can, you know, I'll say this a lot, and you know I've said this a lot, but you can Google anything. Sure can. <laughs> you could Google. You could Google how to manage, how to be a leader, how to do anything. Mm-hmm. And are you guilty of that? Oh, definitely. Yeah, right. Hundred <laughs> <100%. laughs> percent. When there's good, when there's people around you who have done it before, had experience in doing it, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't ask them. I think it depends on the person. Like I would always ask you because you're you've never made me or probably anyone feel like they're lesser but if you come into a situation where someone is trying to I guess really say 
have their position held, then it's harder to go and ask them a question because they feel very unreachable. Ah. Have, so you, then, have you tried it or, or do you just feel like that? Well, I feel like it and I've tried it and I've had okay. it experienced in both ways where they've turned around and proven me wrong and been really like lovely and open. Um, but then they've also proven me right and been <laughs> complete assholes. So it's a tricky one. That's why sometimes it's, I guess, like from my perspective, it might be easier to just Google it and then see how it goes as opposed to... <laughs> okay. Which so, I know is not the right thing to do, necessarily. And why is it not the right thing to do? Because Google doesn't know everything. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. But also, Google doesn't run the business. <laughs> Google won't do your appraisals. Google won't <laughs> give you a pay rise. Google won't give you the next job. Well, I mean, <laughs> technically, if you Google whatever work you're looking for, then it might help. Well, it might help <laughs> find it, but you're going to have to talk to a human being. For a little while. At some point, yes, yeah. unfortunately. So instead of, um, I get it though, right? Sometimes you don't want to ask people because you feel like you're dumb. I think I learned years ago just it's fine to be dumb. or Not mm. dumb, but you know what I mean. Ask dumb questions. I do it all the time. And I'll just say, you know, my my attic is full, my brain, <laughs> or, 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 you know, I'm having a dumb day. What is this? Or, or I'll just ask. I've mm. learned to just ask and not. And not feel like that's a measure of my intelligence. There's so many things that we have to know nowadays. It's ridiculous. We're not machines. It's not possible for us to have it all in our head. And especially at your age, no one's going to think that you already know how to do every job out there. Why do you think you do or should do? I don't think that I do, but I think I can figure it out. Well, you're wrong. Well, not every job. But you're wrong. I mean, I'm definitely wrong. You're Even wrong. as I say it, I know that I'm wrong. Good. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there straight away. <laughs> um, I think I think it's just what we're not teaching people, because we've got access to a lot of information, we're not teaching people how to build relationships and build relationships with people we don't necessarily like or we don't necessarily get on with or we don't necessarily respect. Um, fortunately, you'll have that at the workplace. That's just how it is. You don't always land in a in a spot where you have a good boss. This is why I've always said to my teams, when you're in a good place, that's when you make the runs on the board. Mm-hmm. You give it everything you've got because you won't always be there. You'll be there'll be times when you have a manager that you just don't get get. They just don't get you, and it just doesn't work, unfortunately. So in those cases, then Google, right? <laughs> or then ask someone else. But but it all depends. I think I think it's really just in the way you say the answer. I really do. I think it's quite simple to come across as 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 smart and considered, but not overconfident. So you want to come across as smart and and considered that you've thought about it. This is your answer. Yeah, and also not belittle when you do, I guess, come up with a good idea. Because I guess it can be, I find it difficult sometimes when I'm like, I'm confident in what I've put forward and I know that it's a good idea because I've done the research and I've done the backing to it. But then, yeah, sometimes it, it like I get this little like twinge saying, ah, oh, so that you don't come off like an asshole. Maybe just just dim it down a bit. Like don't let like don't let the idea seem like it's as good as you think it is. 
So, okay. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather that not happen to you. You are going to come across idiots that, <laughs> that don't want anyone else to have the idea other than them, right? And, and so that's just dealing with that differently. I mean, I think what I would say is the only person you can be is yourself. You have to be yourself. You have to, if you're passionate about an idea, don't dim it down. Just walk in and be passionate about it. But if if it's wrong for some reason or, or they can't do it, that, that shouldn't affect you. I think it's more working out how you can deal with that. So, for Poor example, me. that's happened to me a lot of times. <laughs> But it's happened to me a lot of times. I've got ideas coming out of my ass, quite frankly, you know, <laughs> like I always do. And some of them I'm so convinced of. Um, but then what I've learned is that I, the way I see my job as a professional is to put it on the table. This is my professional view. This is what I think. Mm-hmm. And if somebody doesn't want to go with that, that's their decision. I've at least done my part of it. I've put it on the table. Mm -hmm. So if you, instead of thinking you've got to get this through, think your job is to put that professional part, as a professional, to put that idea on the table. And then it's up to them. And if they don't take it, because sometimes they won't, there could be all sorts of reasons that you're not aware of as well. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's as simple as just prefacing any idea with, you've probably already tried this or you've probably already thought of this, mm-hmm. but how about we do this? Yeah. Because then when you do that, that's not coming across as arrogant. That's coming across as, I respect you as a person. I think you've probably already thought this. Mm-hmm. And if they're, you know, if they're a genuine person, if they haven't, they'll go, oh, no, I haven't. That's great. Let's, let's talk about it. Or if they have, they'll be able to tell you why it didn't work or mm-hmm. it won't work. Because you need to know that. And what happens sometimes you get in organisations, they're like, oh, no, we've tried that for years. I've (laughs) I've been in groups where they're like, oh, we've been trying to put all those letters together for five years. And then you can, you know, be a little bit obnoxious sometimes. It doesn't hurt. And and I just turned around and said, well, give it to me. I'll do it tonight. (laughs) Get real people. (laughs) Because that's the other other thing is what if they have been trying it for years but the approach that they're doing – yeah. wasn't working how do you then without sounding arrogant or yet again sounding like an asshole, which is pretty much the same thing <laughs> come in and say why don't you let someone else have a go because it's all in the way you say it. it's just all in the way you say it because you instead of saying that because you're because you're approaching it from a defensive point of view it, approach it from an inquiry point of view like sometimes i always say like just almost act dumb i mean that sounds horrible but oh, almost act before. like you're thinking right <laughs> we have had this discussion before so instead of saying that just say okay but i, I wonder if we could do this so like as if you're thinking about it because then they're like then you'll get them on your wavelength but if you're just like well obviously the people that did it before me were idiots like you're not saying well, that clearly but clearly <laughs> don't say it like that but that's how it comes across right yeah because if you just go, well, why don't we try it a different way? Yeah. So that's what you have. How you have to think about it is how you're pitching it to them. Think of the person. Like mm-hmm. we don't. We're always. If we come at it from our point of view, we'll never get anywhere. Like relationships negotiation mm-hmm. is all about understanding who you're talking to. 
and you've got to adjust it for everyone you're talking to. So if I'm managing people, they're all different. I can't treat them all the same. Plenty of bad managers do. Yeah. But if I treat them all the same, I'm not going to get a good result. So you think, who am I talking to? What's the best way to approach them? Sometimes you get lucky and you can just tell, hit them straight. And you can bounce. Like you and I can bounce off each other. We just throw shit at each other. Yeah, and, and, see if and neither sticks. of us are offended, right? But other people are. Everyone has buttons. Damn buttons. Yeah. And do you... So I can tell by, you can't see her facial expressions, I can. <laughs> I can tell by that that you're sort of still annoyed. Why? I don't know. I think... Um, too much effort? No, not too much effort. It's just I know myself as a person yeah. and I struggle with it so much because I, like, even in my friendship group, I'm <laughs> that everyone knows that I'm just very straight up. So if someone yeah. is saying something or doing something that is probably not the best option for them I will just tell them yeah and the fact that I'm I'm like that in my personal life I know that when I'm at work and when you're being a professional you need to I guess alter it somewhat but I just I know myself and like it seems so easy on the surface to go well just don't speak like you know everything I'm like that's fine I understand that but it's very difficult for me to kind of go all right now that you're in this situation, just, just taper it in. So don't don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you to change your personality because I've got a very similar approach mm-hmm. and, and I've been told I come in like a steam train or a sledgehammer or, you know, God knows what, right? That's mm-hmm. been, over the years, it used to hurt me at first, but now I take it as a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> because, because also so many people like the fact that I, I tell it straight, mm-hmm. right? Because so many people are full of bullshit. And you'd much rather want honest. You'd much rather get honest feedback. Yeah. Um. I think it's. I suppose. So you don't have to change that, and it's not about because I probably didn't give you the right way to do with that. You've got to think about it a little bit more. It goes back to. It always goes back to the being effective versus being right. Yeah. Right. Ultimately. What do you want to get? That's what you have to ask yourself. So I've got this great idea, blah, 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 blah. I want to get it through. That's what you want, right? Yeah. So think about what you, think about it just a little bit more. How important is it for you to win on that one? If it's not, then let it go. Then just mm-hmm. do it easily and let it go. Yeah. If it's something you really want, then you might spend more time working out. Okay, so how... Am I going to approach this so I get this person to agree with me? So, yeah, that sounds a lot nicer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, we're both learning. There we go. <laughs> we're both learning. So, you know what I mean? So, think about, so you can, you are who you are and that, and that won't change, right? No. <laughs> but you can, um, as long as you're aware, I think, as long as you're aware of, and over the years, you learn how people perceive you. and you Yeah, know. still figuring that one out. <laughs> yeah, well, you've got plenty of time. Don't worry, you know. And, and it changes all the time. I mean, for a long time, I used to think that I talk too much. <laughs> Don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> this is why someone recommended I do a podcast. <laughs> but I talk too much. But I don't know, it took me, I don't know, years, probably not till I was 30 that I realised actually some people like 
to be with people who talk a lot because mm-hmm. I don't want to talk a lot. <laughs> They're <laughs> listeners. I'm like, ah, <laughs> that was probably the first time in my life I thought it was okay to be me when I learned that. That's sad. <laughs> sad. But that's what that's I think wild. that's what we learn all through our life, though, don't you think? Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, you'd want to hope that people learn that it's all right to be themselves earlier than. But I don't think, I think, I think you think you have that confidence. I mean, yes, but then we would be having this conversation if I wasn't in some way a little bit like, oh, maybe I need to not be myself so much. Yeah, exactly. No, you need to be yourself. You just need to be aware of other people more. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. But actually, let's get back to confidence because... I've met a lot of people. Some people present as confident. Some people don't present as confident. Mm-hmm. Um, you definitely present as confident. Really? In my introduction, <laughs> when I say they come in, they're confident, they, they Google everything, and they get, get started, do the job, I might have been describing you. That's but, me. <laughs> and a few other people. But is that... Is that genuine confidence? Is that genuine confidence or is that fear of fear of um, criticism? Um, well, you're looking way too deep into my psyche right now. <laughs> but like, I personally do feel like I'm a genuinely confident person, mm-hmm. but not necessarily in every aspect. I mean, yeah, a lot of it is, I guess especially like coming into a work environment, for example, that you're not exactly comfortable with or that you haven't been in before, then yeah, a lot of that's like fake confidence because you you learn a lot of uh, fake it till you make it. And if you act yes. like you know what you're doing. And why, yeah, we've, you know, my generation is responsible for saying that. I don't know where we got it from. Probably, I don't know, someone, Steve Jobs or someone, who knows? I don't know where we got it from, but probably not him. Um, <laughs> But I, we do we do say that, but I think it's I don't think it's meant literally like that because it's it's more meant when people say fake it till you make it. I think they mean much. It all came from a basis of trying to get people to feel good about themselves. You know, it's sort like of it's like, okay if you don't yeah. know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be comfortable with being uncomfortable, which you know. Trust me, though, most of your life you'll be uncomfortable, so you may as well start getting used to it. <laughs> but I think coming in, why do you feel like you have to be confident when you've just started a job? Why do you think you have to know it all when you've just started it? I mean, I guess I don't think that you have to feel that way. I think that it makes it easier as the person coming in, like if you do feel confident in yourself because then you're more likely to pitch the idea that you have or to back yourself. But if you come in constantly second guessing yourself saying, I don't know whether I can do this. I don't know if this is a good idea. I don't feel confident enough to talk to this person. Then you're not going to get anywhere. Like you're just going to be stunting yourself. But don't you also, sometimes I think coming in confident can stunt your growth. And that's because... Because everyone thinks that you can already do it. Yes. And therefore, what are you learning if they just leave you to it? Because 
when again when you come in you're very focused on what you're going to do and how you do it mm -hmm. which is fair enough but something you need to also be focused on is and you you do this a bit you were telling me the other day but maybe because you knew that's what I wanted to hear <laughs> But focused on what do other people know? What skills do they have that mm -hmm. I don't have that I can learn? But you're not going to learn it straight away. No, but I also think it takes time to be able to figure out who has those skills as well. Absolutely. And like you can't just kind of float around until you find people that you want to learn off. I think it's better to be, I guess in the car moving because then it's easy to change direction but if you're sitting in a car that's standing still you can't go anywhere yeah i'm not going to use the car analogy all right i'm just saying <laughs> you didn't use it it's fine because it reminds me of something else <laughs> but i'm thinking um but it's not just going to come out the information that they know is not going to just come out unless you ask right mm -hmm. so that's what i mean and sometimes, and as you go through your career, you learn what you're good at and what you're not good at. But you don't have to become good at what you're not good at. You have to know who is. Mm -hmm. Because you cannot do everything alone. Not to God, no. No, <laughs> right? So if you can't do everything alone, then you've got to build up a collective or a network of people mm -hmm. who, who can add to work, you know, who mm -hmm. can add to, like... I'm at my best. I'm a big picture thinker. So I'm at my best when I have someone in my team who goes very detailed into something or is the information keeper, knows everything that's going on in the news and all the rest of it. Because mm -hmm. I don't do that. I'm much more thinking about the people and the, my audience and mm -hmm. all the rest of it. So I need somebody like that. But I, I can't become that person. I can't all of a sudden go, okay, I'm going to read every newspaper every day. I... I it's just not me. It's not what I'm good at. Yeah. So I think the problem is a lot of people come in and think they have to be good at everything. But you never will be. You'll be average. If you try and do everything, you'll be average. Mm -hmm. So concentrate on what you're really good at. But then you've got to be smart enough to be able to find people who are good at the other things and be able to leverage that. Yeah. So that's opening your scope rather than just concentrating on, okay, this is my job, this is what I've got to do, how am I going to do it? And I'm just going to bluff it. <laughs> I'm going to do what I can, bluff what I can't, don't know. But if you do that, then you can just learn from all the mistakes that you make. Well, it's good. Are you happy to make mistakes? I mean, you kind of have to be, right? Like, obviously... So many people aren't. Well, that's stupid. Because, like, at the end of the day, everyone constantly makes mistakes. It's that's just different you... personalities. Yeah, I guess that's true. But I think that kind of ties into the confidence thing. I mean, asking whether it's fake confidence or real confidence. Like, I'm confident enough in myself to know that if I make a mistake, it's going to make me a better person and make me better at what I'm doing as opposed to mm. completely ruining my opportunity. And then you'll survive the mistake. Yeah, exactly. Tell me when you think you, you learned that. Um, well very young because I <laughs> yeah because <laughs> I was a gymnast and if I made a mistake I'd hurt myself so if I hurt myself then I knew that don't do it that way because then you're gonna hurt yourself again so fix it up and do it right next time very good I mean that's good I I think you that's put you in a great position because a lot of people try and so hard not to make mistakes 
so hard not to make mistakes that they, it cripples them to do anything. Yeah, because I guess if you're worried that you're going to make a mistake, then you're never going to try anything new when you're just going to yeah. follow the bullet points and never... But you've fallen over and gotten back up, literally. <laughs> well, Several I've, times. I've seen you fall over. <laughs> she does it like a, you know, lands like a gymnast, not like I land. <laughs> See, this is why I'm confident, because I'm graceful in defeat. Because <laughs> you... You've learned at a very young age by doing something like that. I think that trained you, doesn't it? You know, it's... Yeah, it definitely did. I mean, yeah. And I, I was lucky enough to have parents that also encouraged me to make mistakes and to realise, like, it's not the end of the world if you do. So, I mean, yeah. I think I'm in a very unique position in the fact that I don't think my parent like my parents helped me enough but not too much mm. um that's good. and i just happened to get pushed into sports that make you real resilient resilient yeah absolutely and i think that's that's a good thing if they didn't because i was talking about this in, in other podcasts if you if you learn to do something yourself and you you're responsible for it and you mm. you succeed in it then all the glory and all the pride is yours and that builds self-esteem. Yeah. But if people are helping you all along the way, and let's, I suppose as a gymnast, they can only help you so much. At the end of the day, you've got to go out on the mat or whatever and do, do <laughs> you it yourself. You try very hard. Yes, you do go out on the mat. But yeah, it's true. I, I know, mean, I know it's a mat. I don't know all the terminology. <laughs> what else do you have? The horse or something? We'll just leave that. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> um... But yeah, no, you're right. I mean, gymnastics is, as much as it is a team sport, in a way, it is individual. So your success is your success. And I mean, it's your coaches as well because they help you. But at the end of the day, I mean, you're the one that goes up there and you do it. And yeah, you either succeed or you don't. And that's just how it is. And the good thing that we, because we've had this discussion with my family several times, in gymnastics, there is only one winner. Mm. That's it. Yes. You get the highest score because you did the most difficult skills and you did them the best out of everyone that was there. So there is one winner and you realize you're not always going to be that winner. Yeah. And that's yeah. fine. That doesn't mean that any of your efforts are belittled. It doesn't mean that, yeah. you know, what you did wasn't valuable. It just means that you just weren't as good as someone else and that's fine. Yeah. And because everything you're doing, you're learning along the way. Exactly. You're getting better at it or you're being the best you can be at it, which is pretty amazing to yeah. even be in that. And I think that's the thing of what who we compare ourselves to. If you're if you're in, you know, doing gymnastics with, you know, world class people, that's pretty bloody impressive. Uh, you know. But I think gymnastics is a, I I like that as an analogy. I think people can build more self esteem if they do more things themselves. And, but absolutely have a coach. Have yeah. people around that help you. Have people around who know, have done it before, who can guide you on it, who can tell you some information. Mm -hmm. It's not about having to do it completely alone. But then when you do it, then you go and do it yourself. Then you'll know what you're capable of. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of wanting someone to spell it out every step of the way for you or having someone hold your hand and or do it for you and then yeah. give you credit doesn't work that way no exactly okay well that's a good analogy 
because you know I've got the... You can have that one. Thanks. (laughs) We'll have that one. Analogy by Anola. Why, thank you. Justin would like that. Two A's. Ah, (laughs) yes. Personal joke there. (laughs) Now we're going to talk about um, your next subject. Yes. So how to get to your plan A when you've already exhausted your plan B. Written by a copywriter, that line there. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, so this all comes down to several conversations me and Michelle have had about how Michelle's theory is, and it's very true, that a lot of um, our generation doesn't go for their plan A. Yeah. Because for, for whatever reason, um, and I am a prime example of that. So finishing up uni... I I always wanted to be a writer, but I had it in my head that I could either be a journalist or an author and there was no other way to be a writer in between that. And I did not want to be a journalist and I didn't know how to be an author. So instead of doing that, I just kind of stumbled into something that I knew I could do and I ended up doing it really well. Um, but I got to, I guess, the peak of my career way too quickly. Um, and I burnt myself out and then something that I knew that I could do well wasn't actually what I wanted to do. And then I was capped out at the age of 25 and it just Mm. looked bleak. So now I am pursuing my plan A Mm. after eight years of just kind of fucking around and doing something else. Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't say not fucking fucking around, around. but you know. It, It is interesting that a lot of people go for their... And it's funny, they go for their plan B and I'm thinking, why is that? Maybe because they're too, they think about it too much. As you're definitely a generation of overthinkers mm-hmm. for a start. Um, but also sometimes hard to narrow down the plan A. But there's there seems to be a lot more of a net. So in theory, you should be able to go for your plan A more than generations before you, as in your parents would look after you a little bit longer while you went for the plan A if it was mm-hmm. a hard thing to do. But it's like you're rationalising it. I hear it all the time when they're, mm-hmm. they're like, well, this is what, what I want to do, but in case I don't make that, I'm going to do da, 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 or And then they end up over in the plan B. And I'm like, the plan B is a plan B for a reason. That's if you don't make plan A. Because the plan B is easier. <laughs> That's yes. the whole point of it. So sometimes, as I know you've said in another podcast, you want to get places quickly. And sometimes it's easier to get into your plan B and get cracking on it a lot quicker than your plan A. So there's that idea of sitting stagnant and you don't, like, you can see everyone else doing things and you don't want to be sitting there not doing something. So you're a, you're a marketer, right? This is your career you're going into or writing mm-hmm. content where you understand marketing. Yeah. Speed to market. It doesn't necessarily work no, if the I... product's wrong. Which is all well and good. And I would love <laughs> to have known this eight years ago. Okay, sorry. But eight years wasn't ago, around. I did not know it. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's just telling you, you should definitely go for your plan A because you'll learn valuable things. Why? Earlier. Exactly. Why? I'm still trying to understand why speed is such an important thing. I do, we've had this conversation before, but I do think it has to do with 
social media a lot for this age group. Okay. Because everyone is constantly seeing everyone's best bits. So everyone's putting up their best bits on Facebook and Instagram and whatever else and LinkedIn and everyone's saying, look at how great I am. I've done all these things. But no one's seeing, I guess, all the work that goes in behind it or how long it's taken to get there. Or if they're happy. Exactly. So there's so many aspects that people aren't seeing. But when you're constantly just seeing A plus moments, then you consider that everyone is always living like that. So therefore you're comparing your own full scale, like A through to F, and you're not getting a proper reading on what everyone else's life is actually like. So you, if you see other people constantly succeeding using air quotes, um, (laughs) then it's more pressure for you to go, well, shit, they're doing that. Why aren't I? Okay. And you're seeing them succeeding. I mean, wow. What is success is is a question that we're going to come to for a start. But also, don't you feel like, I feel like the trap with this is it's about collecting beans, which isn't, you know, every, every millennial wants to, I've got this, 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 and I'm going to get this, this. And you're comparing yourself to other people. They've got this, they've got a house, they've been overseas, they've got married, they've done this, they've got a dog, whatever. I've got to wow, get. I feel personally <laughs> right now. Oh, see, I was not even referring to you. <laughs> okay, that's you. Got my beans. <laughs> got, you got your beans. Did you do study abroad? No, that's no a... but I did travel, so it's fine. Okay, so <laughs> fine. So that, that, that other one, did you build a house in Africa? Most, most people have. Oh, that Just I did saying. not do. I don't All have right. that Yes, but you went. <laughs> but, well, collecting all the things the problem with living a life when you're living in comparison to somebody else is that then it's not your life yeah I mean clearly (laughs) then it's not your life so is it any wonder that people are getting to 25 or getting to 30 and going what the where the fuck am I yeah I'm crap what what is this what this is not the life I wanted I mean, mind you, don't don't get me wrong. It's not like generations before you had it all planned out. And no one has, right? This is not about even comparing generations. Like, we're, I'm still working that out, who I am, where I'm going and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm living my life. I know what I really like. I know what is important to me. Mm-hmm. And, and I make sure that I follow that. Other people, you know, and I've learnt... That it's actually hard to stay in your lane. It's hard for you to, this is who you are, this is your values, that's what's really important to you. It's really hard sometimes to stay in that lane because everyone else is all over here, 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 doing everything. Like really, I should be thin, let's face it, because like, I'm so out, so out of fashion by not being thin. But you know what I mean? But it's sort of like, yeah, you know what? Well, I don't want to live to 92. That was never been my goal. Mm-hmm. My goal is to have lots of fun memories and have a good life, right? So really knowing who you are mm-hmm. and what is important to you. I hear lots of girls, I've spoken to women over the years who, you know, say they're around 38 or 35 or something like that. And all they want is to be in a relationship. Yeah, you know, they spend their whole t- all, their whole week working. 
And they don't actually go looking or doing anything around that. But do they want to be in a proper relationship, like a good one, or just anyone will do? No, I think they just don't. They just don't know how to go about it. It's like that. That's their plan A, and they're they're living their plan B. Yeah. Right. Because for some people, the relationship is the most important thing in their life. Mm -hmm. For others, the career is, you know, or always being able to have something Mm -hmm. to do that they like to do. But you've got to work out. But you don't. Everyone's different. Everyone wants different things. And life doesn't deliver you just what you want, you know. Some people will have kids. Some people won't. Some people will get married. Some people won't. Mm -hmm. But it's really for you working out your values. What do you really want? And am I heading in that direction? Yeah. Because everyone seems to be heading in the money direction. Got to get money, got to get money, got to get things, get things, get things, get things. Mm-hmm. And everyone already has everything for a start. <laughs> well, very comfortable. Yeah. Very comfortable, right? There's not a lot we're missing out on. And then we just want more of that. Why? It's a good question. Yeah. Couldn't answer you. So what are your, what are your values? What do you really think that you want? <laughs> it's going to sound so cheesy. I just want to be... With my husband and happy. That's kind of like all I really want, which is super cheesy. But then obviously, it's not cheesy. Why is that cheesy? Because it sounds like something that you say at the end of a rom com while it's like raining. Like (laughs) no, no. But you're a human. (laughs) You're a human being. You're not a robot. We're not robots yet, people. Not yet. Not yet. We're not those sex robots (laughs) that I was on the project last night. We're humans. Humans need people. They need to feel love. They need to feel part of something. That's natural. Yeah. And and if you know that, then you should make your life around that. Well, yeah. And because of that, I like because I just at the end of the day, like I just want to be able to have as much time as possible to spend with Adam. For me, finding work that I enjoy doing that I that's amicable to that is so important to me so that's why obviously I've always enjoyed writing in general but it also Uh presents to me a lifestyle that I'm able to do that so in an ideal world you know you're able to take your laptop or a pen and paper and you can write anywhere that you want and if I'm able to do that then that means that you know when Adam has time off because he works a lot harder than I do. <laughs> when he has time off, then, you know, we're able to spend time together. And Does he work harder or longer hours? Uh, longer hours. Yeah, not, not harder. necessarily harder, right? Let's just clarify. Let's clarify. That. <laughs> no, but he works longer hours. Um, but yeah, so for me, like being able to do something like that, well, like it for me would tick a few boxes of obviously doing something that I enjoy doing, being able to spend time with my family that are important uh-huh. to me. Um, and yeah, and because I'd be able to obviously be doing what I enjoy and being with the people that I love, then I mean, that's what makes me happy. Good. So that's that's the plan A that I didn't. And that doesn't <laughs> go require for. what you just said, that actually doesn't require a lot of money. No. Does it? No. So always, always remember that. Oh, well, I went into childcare and then a creative industry. I know money ain't exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really in my um, frame of reference. Yes, but 
the things that you learned in all that time in, in childcare, the things that you learned about you as a person that you learned about other people mm-hmm. and about children or about, you know, about education mm-hmm. for a start. All this is going to play into what you write later in life anyhow. Yeah, that's true. No, none of none of anything that you do is is the wrong direction in a way. You just get there eventually. Yeah, and, that's true. And things will change. But so your measure of success is having a happy family? Yeah. Even if that's 20 dogs. <laughs> 20 dogs, God, yeah. I would need a property, so... Maybe we'll make three dogs. That's three dogs. Enough. <laughs> property and your family. Family mm-hmm. first and three dogs and a property. Yeah. Probably. Uh, in that I mean, order? In that order? you got to have the dogs before the property. Yeah, I don't think the property would happen because I don't think I could survive out in out the country. rural country. So more likely uh, two dogs in a slightly larger apartment. <laughs> <laughs> To be cohesive with the life I want to live, yeah, that would be it. But that's. Then, but you're way more. You're way more in touch with who you are and what you want out of life than a lot of people your age, which is good. Yes. But you have to. Yeah, that and but how do you? How do you then stay on that path and not keep getting dragged off? That's the issue because there's so many different influences in your life like whether it is social media like I said before or starting like let's say working with someone and then getting swept up in their passion for something you can which is how I got so into childcare was I started working in it and I got swept up with it because it was so easy to grab hold of other people's passions when you see people that are interested and really driven in something mm-hmm. it makes you want to do more of that so it's very easy to get kind of swept away and lose track of what you actually want yeah so that is the real issue is now going all right i know what i want i know what my values are and i need to take positive steps towards that and try not to be swayed by other people i mean still appreciate when people are passionate still appreciate that they that their life obviously is their own entity and that's something that they're interested in. And you don't have to jump on every bandwagon that pops around just because it looks like it's going somewhere fun. Yeah. Like you can stay on your own and then, you know, kind of run parallel with people until your paths disappear. Exactly. Tell me an example of when you, um, you know, because we are, we, we've identified that you're very focused, you know who you are, you know what you want to do and all the rest of that. Tell me... Tell me how that plays out every day when you've got friends doing other stuff that how that you might get de- detoured on. And do does that happen? Do you ever feel like um, your job title isn't enough or your, you know, what you're doing isn't enough or anything like that? Have you had experiences of that? I mean, yes and no. I mean, I don't really tend to get caught up that much in titles and that kind of jazz because I mean at the end of the day what you're doing is what you're doing Mm. doesn't really matter what title you have on it although sometimes it would be it does feel nice to get it it's not really the be all and end all yeah um yeah it's I don't really think I have an example that's affected me honestly except I guess maybe 
when we bought our apartment, I guess that's probably one of the big things that would play that seemed like we got a lot of outside influence because everyone else was doing it, you know? Yeah. Everyone was buying their apartments. Everyone was getting into the property market. And I mean, we could have we could have taken the money that we were going to use for that and traveled or we could have taken it and, you know, decided, you know what, we're just going to rent somewhere bigger. Um, but instead we decided to buy. And I don't regret it per se. Like, I think it's great that we did. I love where we live, but... I mean, I definitely think that we were influenced by other mm. people and felt the pressure to do that, even though it may not necessarily have been something that was right for us at the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because everyone's on this bandwagon of go this get into the property market. And... and like, I've seen it in my friends more than I've seen it in myself, but that could also be because I'm ignoring myself. May like, I've, I probably, <laughs> I've probably done it more times than I can remember, but... Like I've seen a lot of my friends go through it like they have to get engaged because everyone's getting engaged and it doesn't necessarily mean that this is the right person that they wanted to be with, but they felt like this was the next step and so they took it. There's something I wanted to bring up with you that you shocked me <laughs> oh, one <no. laughs> you, you shocked me one day. Um, and, and maybe it's just again, it's just your approach and your how you come across confident. When we were talking about your relationship and you're like, yeah, well, I'm married now, so he's mine or something. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm married now, so he's stuck with me for at least a year. Was that the one? Oh, no, a lot longer than that. Like, it seemed to me like you're like, okay, that's that's done, sorted. Um, nothing can go wrong there. <laughs> and that's I'm, just I'm thinking, whoa, <laughs> whoa, well, you've got to tend to that like you have a garden. Well, yes. But and I do I, I don't remember this, but I don't at all think that I wouldn't have come across overly confident about my relationship. Yeah. Um, the reason that I'm really confident in my relationship is that I just me and Adam are just good. There's That's, never like there's yeah. no possible thought in my mind like when when we were getting married with anything, it's always just been, yes, this is what we're doing. And it wasn't because there was pressure from other people. Everything that we've always done, whether it was getting into our relationship, whether it was deciding to travel after we'd only known each other for a month, so many things that we did just made sense because it made sense for us. So that's why I probably did come across, across really overly confident about it because I am entirely that's confident good. about it. That's good. I mean, if... So you guys ever... just fit. Yeah, it just makes sense. And I think that's that's a good thing to talk about because for other people, it's, you know, if, if you find someone that you just fit with, that's that's a gift. That's amazing. That's, yeah. That's really good. For, for other people, it doesn't happen straight away or might not happen until later on in life or I anything mean, like that. Exactly. How do you know... How did you know it was... Right. Well, first of all, I fought him on every turn. Yeah. So when we met, I actually, <laughs> I, I'd been, I had a bad relationship and then I'd been single for four years and I was perfectly happy being single as well. Mm -hmm. I was living my best life as the children say it these days. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you I mean the people a couple of years younger than you. Exactly, yeah, yeah, children. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, um, we, but like we met and 
I enjoyed his company. We just enjoyed hanging out, but I was just adamant. I'm like, don't get your hopes up, mate. Said his exact words to him. <laughs> don't get your hopes up, mate. We're just having some fun. Like hanging out with you, but it's fine. You're like, all right, whatever. Not, ar- not arrogant at no, all. No, <laughs> but I did prove my point. <laughs> and then, you know, time kind of kept going. We kept seeing each other. And then, like, again, I, like, made it very clear to him. And I said these exact words. Don't get me wrong. I'm never going to need you. <laughs> so, so many times I kept throwing. Can I just say that's how you do it, girls? <laughs> But I kept like just throwing these curveballs at him, and wow. every time he was just like, "Okay, he would just take it." And he's like, "Yeah, whatever." Yeah. Um, and then strong enough to handle you. Yeah, exactly. And then you know, just kind of kept going, and every time I would throw something at him, he'd take it, and then he would make me want to be with him more. Yeah. And that was it. I mean, I just because he wasn't going to give up on you. Not even, even give up you... on me. I think it was just more him going, all right, I see what you're doing. You're a strong, independent woman. You don't need anyone, whatever. I still want to be with you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I still like you, even though you're being an arrogant prick. Yeah. <laughs> and so do you think at first you were trying to push him away almost to see if he was going to make the cut? No, I think I was just mean. <laughs> <laughs> mean girls. Yeah, um, there are girls like you that are just mean to men like that. I I think I was, because I was so embedded in who I was and I was just concentrating on myself. Oh, I'm seeing some circles coming up. <laughs> <laughs> because I was so concentrated on myself. And I was like, this is what I want. I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. She had, you can't see what's happening to her. I might have mentioned this to her earlier, and she's Maybe. like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. No, and now, she, now, like, now she's realizing. Because I was so com- concentrated on myself that I just kind of went, I don't really care. Like, if you want to be yeah. if you want to be part of my life, then you'll be a part of my life no matter what. Yeah. Um, and he was. Yeah. And we have been ever since. And as much as I say, I'm like, I'm never going to need you, I'm like, I still don't. I wouldn't say that I need him, but if he ever tries to leave me, I will burn something to the ground. <laughs> well, at least you didn't threaten his life. I mean, that's good because we mean, don't want to have that on podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> the, you know, the, then the police will get you. You know, it's not nah, good. <laughs> wow. But that's good. And, and do you feel lucky? Oh, every day, yeah. Okay. Really do. And that's why you know where your values are and where your focus is and and that's why it matters so much to me because we're like that my values are him really at the end of the day because we went through two are together yeah like we've done a lot of nonsense and we've grown a lot together and it's just made us better people in general so so when something like this happens my my you know i'm full of theories my theory is when when it happens like that and it's that special that you absolutely know you wouldn't care when it came to you in life as long mm-hmm. as it did this is what i often say to people who it doesn't happen when they're younger i'm like if you have to wait till you're 60 it'll be worth the wait mm-hmm. you know and and i honestly believe that because when you connect when it's with someone that you just fit together with you can live well together because that's the main thing because you've got to live together mm-hmm. for a long time but you know 
What do you think? I mean, I think to a certain extent you're right. Like, I agree with you. But also, Mm -hmm. if I would have found Adam when I was 15, this wouldn't... You wouldn't have have been ready. But then also, it's because of all the experiences that happened in the lead-up to us meeting Mm. that I was able to appreciate. And I was able to throw that shit at him because... I knew what I wanted and what I didn't want. Yeah, because you've learned about yourself. You Exactly. That's, that's the whole thing about going through bad experiences. They actually help you narrow down what's what's a good experience for you. Yeah, exactly. So the fact that I went through that and obviously he went through his stuff as well meant that once we found each other, it made sense. But yeah, I, it's hard because we were still quite young. I mean, I was only 22 when we met. Like, yeah. We were still young. It wasn't like, no. you know, we met when we were in our 50s and yeah, yay. Like, it. we were still quite young. But it. I don't think it would have mattered if, you know, let's say in 10 years' time, we'd happened to have been married to other people, got divorced and then met each other. I think that it would have been very still much the some. same. Yeah. But, I mean, that's purely just me hypothesizing. Yeah, yeah, but that's all right. You're allowed to do that. Not everything, you you know, is absolute fact and based in research. We're allowed to, you know, have theories. At least I think, I you hope think so. so. Oh, yeah, if I not, have then lots. why are we doing this? I have <laughs> lots, exactly, exactly. Um, I, I want to um, end on when you're going into this new job, <laughs> Because because you are um, the textbook person that I used at the beginning, you go in and mm-hmm. hit the ground running and you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, just say you go into this new job, you might not have someone who pushes you like, <laughs> like I did. Yes. <laughs> you might, you might, you might not. Um, how are you going to approach it? And tell me how you're going to... How you're going to open up your mind to realize that there's some people in there that might have some great experience that you can use. You know what I mean? How you gonna li- how you gonna try and be able to lift that? Because you because it's a new job. You got to go in and you got to focus on yourself mm-hmm. and and that job you've got to do. Yeah. I suppose what I'm trying to say is how do you think you can approach building those people that you'll have later on in your life? You know, you might only pick up one from each job, mm. but how how are you going to find out who those people are? I mean, I guess at the end of the day, you just have to listen and observe what people are actually doing and see where that can fit in with what I will, well, what I feel like I need, but what I will need in the future as well. Like just see what people are doing pay attention to what's going on around me as opposed to just, you know, going in and being like, all right, this is what I got to do. This is what they need from me. Just do this. Try and, I guess, be a part of the culture and try and see what's actually, like what people are actually doing when they're sitting at their desk every day. Yeah, and who they are mm. and whether what experiences they've had. Yeah. Because that can be the trick is to... What I found is, because you go in professional, but if you go in and you just tap in on a personal level a little bit, mm-hmm. then, you, then you'll then you sort of, you can find out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So if you're putting the effort in is what I'm saying, 
to somebody, um, other people around and, and assuming they might know some stuff instead of, instead of blocking that. I'm not saying you block that, but a lot of people block it. Mm -hmm. They don't see anyone above them. They'll see parts of the job they do mm -hmm. and they'll think they can do that job, right? They're never, unless they're in it, right? You yeah. know as well, we all know once we get into a job, it's very different to what we thought it was going to be. Yeah. And that's sort of the same. You'll never always see everything that they're, that's coming their way. Mm -hmm. You'll see parts of it. But how are you going to get what you need and give what they need? What will, what would be your approach? Big question. It's a very big question. Yeah. But we've got listeners who want those. They're starting new jobs. Think of it that way. They're starting new jobs. And any insight that someone else can give them with how they might go about it is going to help them. I think just be present. Don't bring headphones into the office for the first few weeks. <laughs> Maybe just talk to people a bit. No, I think... It's important to know not just the background of the company that you're coming into, but know the background of the people as well. So if you're able to spend 10 minutes talking to each person there and finding out what their values are, what they're good at, why they're doing this, then you're going to be able to find people that align with your values and align with what you need to do as well. So then at the end of the day, you can, if you're working on a project, you know so-and-so might be passionate about it and they're going to want to put the time in to help create something together as opposed to you just trying to tough it out on your own and get it done. I'm very proud right now. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. No, that's exactly right, though. I mean, it's, you know, I always say just show interest in other people, genuine interest in them. That will connect. That will make a connection. And like you said, then apply it to stuff that will work for you. I think that was a perfect answer. But realize that the only way that you can actually be successful in in anything you do mm. is is if you have people who want to do it with you, want to work with you. So, and you don't get that just by doing the job. Yeah. You do that by you get that by building those strong relationships. But Fabulous. I think we can end on that. Yeah, yeah I think I've spoken enough. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's so good. Lots of great information for everyone. And everyone can take my gymnastics analogy. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. All right. Thanks.